but yeah, it's been our first podcast back in quite a while, and it's uh, we're kind of considering a relaunch because we stopped for you know a couple different reasons. One, we were getting married. Two, Dan died about two weeks before we got married. And three months. Three <laughs> two, months. Two months. Two yeah. months. I, I mean, it's just... It was a shit show at the time. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really hard. Life was just very busy and confusing, and then afterwards, it just... Things got rough, so... Yeah. It was a good time, but it was just a, a lot. Yeah, and you, you go through you, you go through the, those things, and it's a lot of... It's a lot of build-up and a lot of planning and a lot of, like, built-up energy that all kind of crescendos on one day. Right? And then it's over. Yeah. And there was so much to keep us busy and keep our minds busy, right? That once we left, because we went on our honeymoon the day after we got married, once we left was really when it, like all the noise quieted down a little bit. And really for me was when like the reality set in that one, Stan was gone. And two, like we, like we were married, you know? Not like it was a bad reaction to being married. It was just a different feeling. Like the, nothing's really changed no. in the dynamic of our relationship since we since we got married. But it was like a stamp. We legally got married like five months before our wedding. Yeah, I mean, but even then, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It just it just all kind of settled and hit home. So we're back. It took us a while to heal and to be able to do this because Stan. Stan, if you go back and listen to our old episodes, Stan was part of everyone. He he always made an entrance at some point or another. He was and, our editor. And, <laughs> and it was it just felt like a piece of this as a whole like was missing. So um, in the meantime, we got Mira. Mira is great. She's the baby Mears. And as she sits here staring at me, wondering what I'm doing, she's she's a good dog. She's very smart. She's um, our little baby shark. And she's a little baby shark. If you sing the song, she'll dance to it. It's very funny. Yeah, she's she's quirky in in her own ways, but very different from Stan, um, which is great because we love her just as much and and if not more. So this is us kind of stepping back out and continuing on with what we had started. So so welcome to welcome. Made Me Watch. <laughs> They made me watch podcasts where I pick shows and make Brian watch them. And we've been, we have been watching a lot of TV. And our original plan was to, like, have three or four episodes recorded so that when we were flying to our honeymoon destination, we went to Finland. And our, my plan was that I could just sit on the airplane and edit three or four episodes on that plane ride. And instead, we watched insane amount of TV on our way there and talked about talking about all of the shows. And instead, we just kept watching more and more TV and then talking about talking about them and then never did it so we like I said have been watching an insane amount of tv there's a lot of good tv on right now and a lot of weird tv on I have been trying to make Bryant watch a lot of bad reality tv she's been successful I've been successful on some and not successful on some others as dog people I tried to watch him make him watch some dog documentaries this show that like we kind of like or i kind of like and have a lot of weird feelings towards on i don't i think it's on fx i'm not really sure what channel it's on but it's the great america's next top dog or something like that yeah we watched watched some of that it's it's kind of weird they do a lot of disservice to the quote-unquote rescue dogs because it's rescue dogs in competition against police dogs and the rescue dogs generally win the first round but the second round is they're making them search for like drugs 
essentially. And it's like, well, yeah, they don't do that every day. So, no, they're generally not going to beat the police dogs at it. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, even though, like, this, the show is definitely geared towards uh, glorifying German Shepherds and Belgian Malinois as police dogs, right? Because the, the entire thing is geared around these. Are, this is what police dogs do, which is great because you're educating the public on what their capabilities are and you're highlighting the dogs. And every show they have a rescue dog on that's a different breed than all the other dogs. And some of them do better than others. But generally, this is a prop piece for the for police um, capabilities and, and tactics. So it's interesting. It's fun to watch. And I don't, you know, beyond that, there isn't isn't much feeling there. Yeah, I think the rescue dog or the rescue dog won once so far that I've seen out of like the six episodes I've watched. And then Nat Geo had a special called How Dogs Got Their Shape. I watched that. It was really interesting. That sounds cool. And that, that was a really good documentary. I watched that a lot. On one of the flights we took, which I was like, aww, that was super cute. And then we watched The Circle on Netflix, which was very much a show of, like, what the hell is this show about? And after watching all of it, I'm still not sure. Actually, I have, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, <laughs> I still have a lot to say about it. <laughs> do I do, because the purpose of this show, <laughs> of the Made Me Watch podcast, is for you to make me watch TV. It's true. Right? And for me to feel some type of way about it. And you have lots of feelings about that one. This one hit literally if there could if if there was like a a soundboard of pushing my buttons watching TV, that this one hit too. every freaking button. <laughs> every every positive, negative, annoyed, angry, like it was it was actually great trash TV. And it was it was a little awkward because it was the entire show was them interacting via social media. So they didn't really know whether the person that was representing the, the profile was an actual person. And in a couple of cases, there was, they weren't. It was a catfish kind of situation. Um, and others were legitimate people. And what I appreciated about this show is that even though the, the profiles that were not being represented by or weren't representing the people that were behind them, right, that were the, the catfish profile, so to speak, Right. Um, the real people actually won out in the in this thing, which means that they did. Which, yeah, which to me shows that there's there's something to be said for being a real person, and it it just kind of that that is one of the buttons, the biggest button that it pushed to grant, get my approval. So I thought it was kind of cool. It was a quirky idea, and I didn't I was surprised at how well it came out. Well, it's been a, U, a UK show for I think a couple seasons. It was filmed in the UK. They kept trying to make it seem like it was filmed in the Midwest somewhere. Like all the exterior shots were in like Chicago. Right. However, it was completely filmed in the UK. <laughs> Which I thought was a weird choice, but that's how Reddit gone wrong when you like research a show on Reddit and they tell you all the things that you don't actually need to know. Uh, but The Circle was an interesting show. The downside of it, like I said, was you watched it and you finished it and you went, I still really don't know what this show's about. <laughs> I just spent X amount of hours watching the show. I like this show. But when someone goes, well, what was it about? I go, I have no idea. You just need to watch it. Yeah. You, you should you watch it? Yes. Can I tell you what the hell it's about? No. Just invest an X amount of hours watching a show that I really don't know what went on. Yeah. More or less, that's what it is. Because it's not even, it's not a dating show. No. Right? It's not a, a talent show, right? So it's just kind of its own thing, which I appreciated in and of itself. At least it's something new that we haven't seen, at least here in the U.S. before. Right. So the U.K. version has been on for two seasons already. 
Okay, so we're, we're still being force-fed the Bachelor universe and all of the, the Kardashians and, and, you know, Real Housewives and all that, those shows, which I'm not talking smack about, but... You leave my Real Housewives. I don't even watch the Real Housewives, but you leave my Real Housewives alone. I'm not talking smack about them, but... You definitely leave my Bachelor alone. The point is, is that they're a very similar formula with each show. The, the only thing that changes is the demographic and the relationship dynamic, and even those are similar shows show this was completely its own thing which i appreciate true there's also love is blind on netflix which is really weird which i haven't i finished it uh the reunion is like next week i haven't made you watch it i don't think you would watch it i don't think i would either i've walked in a couple times where you were watching it and tried to it's really interesting tried to get semi-interested and couldn't do it i think the best part about love is blind is actually like it's a really good show you should watch it, and then when you finish watching it, you should delve deep into the behind-the-scenes theories of it, because watching it on its own is really important, but then once you finish it, like, getting into knowing the, like, side details and the side stories is also very interesting. But Love is Blind is a really good show, and you really do root for, like, two of the couples, and the rest of the couples, you're just like, oh my god. And one of the girls, her name is Jessica, and she's Thor, so there you go with that. But... There are, like, really good couples that you do root for on that. The Love is Blind is basically the circle if it were a dating show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see that. Because they, they don't get to see each other. Um, They are talking. They're not, like, whereas the circle made them, like, you know, in the circle they didn't get to even hear each other's voice. Right. Um, Love is Blind, you do get to hear each other's voice. So that's the only difference. So, like, in the circle, they would say, circle, type this. And then it would go up into like a keep like a vert, you know, like on an actual like um, a, newsfeed. a newsfeed essentially. In Love Is Blind, you're talking to each other, so they would hear each other's voice and stuff, but they don't see each other. That's the only difference. Yeah, I'm really amused right now with the fact that being this the first time that we've done this with Mira, she does not know what to do. She really doesn't. She keeps she keeps walking back and forth. Sitting down, staring at Leah. Then she turns around, takes a couple steps, sits down, stares at me. Licks, licks her appendages. Licks your legs, licks your arms. She's takes a, it out and then goes back to the other one. Like she's a very normally like calm, cool, collected dog that generally does not give a crap about anything. So she's very confused. But yeah, circle is def is approved. Brian approved. Brian approved. Put a stamp on it. So what else we got that we've been binging watching? I know we're going to mainly talk about spinning out, but right. is there anything else that we've been... Because we, we really have been well, we kind of going through a lot. Yeah, we watched the uh, last season of, what was it, Criminal Minds? We did watch the last season of Criminal Minds, which is weird, because you, like, really haven't... Brian's been kind of in this, like, weird kick of... Um, he's not very big on murder shows. Like, yeah. normally murder shows are my thing. He doesn't, like, he'll occasionally sit down and watch Dateline with me and... Every so often, he'll get into a Dateline episode and then, like, grumpy walk out in the middle of it. Um, but most of the time, he'll catch an episode of SVU here and there. He likes the Chicago One series, so, like, the Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Chicago PD. But beyond that, he's not into the procedurals or the murder shows. The final season of the series finale... The series final season of series whatever the series finale of criminal minds you really did get into kind of frustrating for me that it, the series finale was only like six episodes i feel like it was a very short they condensed the season it kept drawing you in it did like normally when i watch tv with the invention of the dvr 
you know, God bless, is that you can pause and walk away because my attention span doesn't well, you know, yeah. I can't go three shows in a row without getting up and going and doing something else. So that was a show that I, I wasn't able to do that with because it just, every time I was ready to get up and, and go do something and walk away, something crazy would happen and I would get pulled in further, right? And it just happened every single... Yeah, it was only 10 episodes. Okay. So it was very, their, their normal seasons are 20. So it's very mm-hmm. half the season, so normally is. And for me, as a diehard Criminal Minds fan, and someone who's watched it from the cat, it was not long enough. <laughs> like, it was a very intense season, but, like, I also don't feel like they gave the characters their justice. Yeah. They didn't give everybody their final goodbyes that they should have. Um, they definitely didn't leave it for spinoffs for anybody, like I thought they would either. And they didn't give everyone their, like, I didn't expect everyone to get a happy ending, per se. I definitely thought they were going to kill some people off, which they also didn't do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of that. I I definitely thought some of them were going to die. No one really died. They came close. They came very close. They they did come close, but nobody died. I thought somebody was going to die, and I thought somebody was going to get a proper send-off and a proper happy ending. And they didn't really do that. They loosely tied everything up. You know, it's what one of the things that struck me about Criminal Minds and one of the, the small like details that kind of kept me coming back this season is how tremendous of an actor Joe Montaigne is. Oh, he's wonderful. Oh my God, that guy acted his ass off. Yeah. This final season, and I, I'm frustrated that it took me this long in his career to really recognize Mm -hmm. how great he is. But man, does that guy carry a scene and carry a series? Whatever he comes up with, you know, keep me, you know, in the loop on because I'm, I'm a big fan of you, Joe. He has his own. That was some bitchin' act. His daughter's a fairly great, really good actress too. She's been in Criminal Minds as a serial killer a couple times. Really good actress. But he has his own documentary series about guns on mm-hmm. on the Outdoor Network or some fucking channel we don't get. I think I need to get into that. We don't have the channel. That's an unfortunate event. Yeah, and it's not free on YouTube. I've looked into it a couple times. I feel like we should, you know, get the hook up, but we don't. Anyway. Um, so, anything else that I'm forgetting about? Because I feel like... the I finished The Mayan. Which was uh, which was a pretty good show, The Mayans MC. Um, it's not it's not over. It's coming back for another season. Um, Below Deck. We did watch Below Deck. Below Deck was a shit show this season. Yeah, this this wasn't their best. Um, which best which season. prompted to Kate leaving the show. Yep, Kate's no longer um, as she used to, which is which is good. It was time for her to move on, and you could feel it in her in the way that she was portrayed. I don't think it was time for her to leave the show. Mira Nelson. I think. I think she needs to do what's best for her. Please stop kicking her dog. I'm. She sat on my foot. <laughs> okay. And then slid off my foot. So. I don't think it was Kate's time to leave the show. I think that the way she was treated was abhorrent. And I think that this whole season, that's the way that the women were treated. Was. Okay, don't eat our microphones. Thank you. Yes, I'm talking to you, little girl. Keep going. I think that the whole way that the women were treated was pretty abhorrent and the things that were done where production should have intervened and didn't, it showed that they weren't being protected and it was pretty gross. And if I was 
someone who had been working there for working for that company for five, six years and that level of safety was not protected, I probably would have quit too because it was like, Well, this is how important I am to them, so bye. Yeah. It was um it was pretty gross. It and, was bad. And the reunion uh, the reunion sealed it. Uh, you didn't watch the reunion. But the what they did on the reunion was basically they made it all her fault. Ashton treated you so poorly because you asked him questions. You were at fault for all of the bad behavior because you existed, basically. It, it was really bad. I would have quit too. <laughs> like, it, it was. And I was a big fan of Ashton last season. I mean, he he had a not this season, but the yeah, the season the, before the the season before where he wasn't bosun, and I thought he was a great guy. Thought he was crazy. You know, he'd go out and get drink drunk, too much, yeah, drink too much, whatever. But you know, that's that. I'm not gonna judge him based off of that. Right. As soon as he became bosun, and he let it go to his head. His personality changed. Shifted. It was a total personality shift, and he became incredibly arrogant and incredibly, like, he acted like a child in a lot of situations that required leadership that he was too blind and egotistical to to respond to. And as a person that that I do a lot lot of reading and study on leadership, and when I see that, that being that type of behavior, I have, I have no respect for it. Agreed. Same. And, and the way that they treated Kate, the way that Riley, Riley was treated, the way that, who was, who was the other? Courtney. Courtney. Um, Courtney, not so much, but the, the way that, um, what's the other girl? Simone. Simone. They didn't really treat her poorly though. The, well, the way that, the way that, that, what's his name? Kevin. Kevin, the, the guy that she hooked up with. Oh, Tanner. Tanner, the way that Tanner treated her. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Was, was fucking atrocious. Yeah. And I would be, like, there's, I, I just, I have no respect for any of that. Yeah. And it was never checked. I always, I waited the entire season to, for Captain Lee to come in and check the guys. And it never happened. Well, Captain Lee didn't know most of the season. He didn't know until it started airing. Because no one was telling Captain Lee either. That's true. And you can't, like we say this at work all the time, we can't fix something if we don't know it's broken. You can't expect us, like we get, you know, working HR adjacent, we get complaints and they're like, when people quit, and they're like, well, you guys are never going to change anything, so why should I stay? And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How can we fix something if you've never told us? Well, you guys should just know. Well, how can we know? Yeah. We're not there. If you don't say something, we can't fix it. And they're like, oh, I guess that's... I get that. But it's hard. It's hard in a sense that you can't... There's... If the boat, it's all about hierarchy. Right. right. And it's all about... It's all about the person above you and not going over that the person above you. So... In, in a situation of being like a third stew, like Simone was, right. or a, or Courtney. Um, well, Courtney was actually the third stew, Simone was second. Well, um, I'm sorry, Simone, I'm sorry. Simone's second, um, the second stew. Yeah. It was just, it's just, you don't want to be the person that goes, that goes to and complains to the boss. Right. Especially when you're on TV, when you're thinking, you know, later on the line, after later on down the line, after this ends, I'm going to have to go out and get other jobs. 
Right. And this is this is going to sh- be shown to the world. It's like I'm doing a live job interview right. for my next two or three jobs. They should have really too. Like there, I, I watch these shows, and I think sometimes, like I know production is supposed to have a fourth wall, but at some point, I'm thinking there's a safety factor, right? And with Ashton like hitting the the van, and you know, continuously kissing Kate after she said, "Don't do this." and things like that to me that's a safety factor and they should be breaking the fourth wall because it's a safety issue at this point and they should be protecting her safety and they just like ignored it because it makes good tv right and there was actually another scene that they put into a commercial that they didn't put into the actual show the bachelor does this all the time where they'll put something in a commercial but not into the actual show and um Below Deck did that where they put Ashton kind of like kissing Kate's stomach and like being all over and they put it into the commercial but they didn't put it in the show and Kate reposted it on her Twitter because someone said who's who is that and she answered like oh that was Ashton and I kept telling him to stop and he wouldn't and to me that's like that's when production yeah. should be doing something yep. because again that's a safety issue yep. and you're clearly hearing it because they have microphones you're clearly seeing it because you're capturing it on tape yeah. that's fucking lawsuit waiting to happen yeah. and and again this is someone who's been on your show for five to six years and has made you a shit ton of money Your loyalty is to her, not the dude who's been on your show twice. Yeah, and if I were Kate, I would sue the fuck out of her for that. Well, supposedly, the rumor is, because she moved to New York, so the rumor is that she's been seen a lot around Bravo headquarters, so it looks like she might be getting a job with Bravo. You don't want to really bite the hand that feeds if she's going to be getting a job with Bravo. Right. And, like, she made a joke on her Twitter that, like, she's going to be work. Like, she kind of made a joke about, like, the, you know, how, like, Harry and um, Meghan Markle left the royals. She compared her leaving below deck, leaving the royal family. So if you're going to get a job at Bravo, you're not really going to sue 51 Minds in Bravo because you're going to get a job there. Right. And I, I, I mean, I guess... But yeah, I would too, because fuck them. I guess they crossed, Ashton crossed so many lines this season so consistently. I'm surprised that nobody, nobody stepped in. But at the same time, like, I, I don't, see, it's, it's, it's really touchy and it's really hard because it's like on the, the, I, I'm, I'm using this term, the, the toxic masculinity right. of it all. And the toxically masculine line of thinking is, well, he didn't rape her. Right. Right? And that line of, well, he didn't rape her, so all of this is okay, is not fucking okay. No, because he did sexually assault her. Right. And he did sexually harass her. Right. And he did treat everybody else that was female like shit. <laughs> right. And and so my thing is, is that I'm not... I'm not coming at Ashton like as if he's and he inspired he's a criminal or such a fucking toxic environment. Yeah, I'm not coming at Ashton as if like there should be charges brought against him. No, he shouldn't be arrested. Like, he should just be. I, like I just think that he he should have been reprimanded. He should have been reprimanded, and he needs to seriously reevaluate his life, his, like who he is as a human being. Yeah, which I think that he does. Like that's the that's the tough part about having such feelings about Ashton. Versus old Ashen, who seemed like somebody that was really self-reflective and somebody that was trying to do the right thing all the time and had a mom that was single that that really 
inspired him and gave him a lot of respect for women, you just shit on all of that. Right, and on the reunion, he, like, went into about, like, how he quit drinking. Bullshit. Your Instagram shows you drunk. Like, stop it. He said he quit drinking after the show started airing because he realized he needed to, and he checked himself into therapy and all of this. But it's like, okay, you can say that. However, again, your Instagram shows you drinking. So, use a liar. And then, like, he starts crying on the reunion and like Andy's like you you know this man's been reduced to tears by his actions it's like yep those tears are fake and he's talking about how he's going into therapy to quote unquote fix himself I'm like but that's all fake because like if you A watch the interview from a week ago where he's laughing at the fact that Kevin kicked sand in Kate's face because Kate called him a shitty cook yeah on the I don't I didn't see that on the season finale Kevin said Kate was a shitty chief stew and a shitty person so Kate turned around and was like, well, that's fine. I think you're a shitty cook. And then she walked away and sat down. And Kate said, um, Kevin said, you're a shitty person and kicked sand in her face. And then when they replayed it back, because they do this thing called the after show. And they asked Kevin something like, oh, well, you know, when you look back at that and you have a daughter, what do you think? And what what would you think if your daughter, some somebody did something like that, like your, somebody did something like that to your daughter. And Kevin said, well, my daughter would never be raised to be like Kate. What if you And, um. That's a dick. Right. What a dick. Exactly. It's just, like the it, problem is, is that there's, there's just such a disconnect. There, and I'm not trying to be that, that, that guy, like the, the, the woke bro. Like I'm not. That's not me. But it's like you guys are such assholes, and that you don't even realize what an asshole you are. You don't are. even realize how big of an asshole you are. <laughs> such and a that in and of itself is insulting to me as a man. Like you're mm. making, you're making me look bad. Because you're such an asshole, and all these millions of women watch, that this is what they expect out of men? Right. Fuck you, bro. Right. And um, so, and then Ashton starts laughing, and was just like, yeah, something like, women like that deserve that type of thing. And it's like, but a week later, you claim that you're in therapy, so everything is, we're supposed to forgive you. Because you shed crocodile tears, and say that you're in therapy. And it's like, no. Kevin did ultimately apologize and say he crossed the line, but again, it's like, you just filmed that a week ago. So... How realistic is it now because you got so much shit on Twitter and social media? Right. I mean, and, it, and you know what? It's being, <laughs> like, my faith in Ashton isn't isn't completely gone. Like, yes, you were a shitty person. Yes, you made mistakes. If, if that you're never too far gone to, to not oh, you work want, on you, yourself. You want me to kill your faith in my, your faith in Ashton right now, by the way? I mean, you could, but it, it, I'm, all I'm saying is, is that legitimate, you need to, this dude needs to self-reflect and at, at come the, up with some ideas on how to fix himself. Captain Lee at the beginning of the reunion asked him a question and Ashton's response was, how long ago, like, are you even a real captain anymore? How long ago was it that you actually worked on a real yacht? Not, not one on TV. He said that to Captain Lee? Yeah. <laughs> what the, who are you? He said it to Kate, and then Kate answered, and then, like, Captain Lee asked him another question, and he said, well, what about you? Like, are you even a real captain anymore? Who the fuck are yeah. you, dude? And then at some point, Captain Lee asked him another question about, like, his friendship with Kate, and, like, why he plays favorites. And Captain Lee's like, Kate does her job. Like, it's not about playing favorites. And he's like, no, you play favorites. And Captain Lee is like, you know what, I need a minute. And Captain Lee walked off. 
The reunion was fucking bonkers. Wow. I deleted it off the DVR because it was making me so angry to just go back and look at it. So. Wow, you shouldn't have because now I don't have a chance to watch it. But well, you can re-download it. I can re-download I, it for you. But it's just, it just made me so angry. I mean, Ashton, get help, bro. <laughs> Like, and then the, the, you know, and the problem is, too, is, like, all the other people on the show, with the exception of Kevin, because I think Kevin's just a giant douchebag, but, like, like, Tanner and the other guy's name is Brian, I think. Tanner and Brian could actually probably have been good dudes. We don't know, because Ashton was their boss. I think Brian's a good dude. I think that Ashton's leadership was so toxic. toxic. That it just inspired them to be terrible. Right. And and I generally think that that uh, not Tanner, who's the other guy? Brian. Brian is a good guy. I don't know, because the shit he says on Twitter is very terrible. Well, I mean, t- Twitter is... is it's, it's also a toxic it's, place. It's a toxic place. So I love my gonna, Twitter, so... What are you going to... Anyway, but I, I think... I just think that Ashton infected all of them. Yeah, I think so and too. I have a ton of respect. One for Kate for being for walking away. Yeah, I mean. Two too. for Riley for standing up for herself and Same. being being a bomb like a bomb ass bitch. Like just straight up And after the fact she completely repaired her relationship with Captain Lee, like they're friends now. That's see so. that's that's what a real human being does. And also her jewelry is dope. I don't know anything about all that. She, like, I, it's not anything I could ever purchase because she mainly does earrings only and since I don't have my ears pierced, I can't, like, buy earrings. <laughs> so she doesn't, she makes jewelry? Yeah, she makes jewelry out of, um, like, animals because, you know, she's from Alaska and, like, yeah, she is a hunter true. and yeah, stuff. True. But, like, and, like, sometimes sometimes she doesn't always, like, hunt the animals. Sometimes she just finds them in Alaska and, like, dead on the side of the road because, whatever, Alaska is a confusing place. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, like, she makes all these really dope earrings and stuff, and, yeah. Oh, cool. So, that that happened. One, in my last comment, is, <laughs> is that uh, Chef... Kevin? Kevin. Is a douche. Is by far the worst chef I have seen on Below Deck in all of the seasons. No, Mila. Come on. Mila, Mila, what, we, we've... Go back and list, yeah, go back and listen <laughs> to our old episodes. Mila was not an actual chef. She was a plant, and she, they were just biding their time so that they could bring in, um, what's his name, Kevin, Kyle, who's the Adrian? A, not Adrian. Who's the who's the, the guy from the first season? Ben brought in Ben to replace her. So you love Chef Ben. How did you forget Ben's name? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so that's over. That's done. Um, we are now watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which isn't very good. Which isn't very good. It's it's not even. It's boring. Yeah, it's it's not even cool in the sense that that Below Deck could be cool or you know was cool. Um, the only thing that it has going for it is that the chef is, is Adam. Uh, chef Adam, and who's like a really good Instagram follow, um, but. It's a. It's just. It lacks a lot of things. Um, so the chief stew is crazy. She's cool. Chief, the chief stew is not, and there's a lot of back and forth between her and Adam, which they're definitely gonna hook up. They they almost hooked up the first night. They made out. Did they no, make? they they were gonna hook up, and she followed him to bed, and he was. No, like, I know. But was, he was like, I am not doing this. Doing this. Not making this mistake. Night. But um, yeah, no. So anyway, beyond that. That, that's 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 okay. Um, now let's let's get into spinning, spinning out. out. That I haven't watched a show that I I could binge in a really long time, and I binged this show in like two days, three days. Yeah, it was 
Go ahead. Alright, so Spinning Out is a show that I found on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, and apparently, according to Google, 97% of users that have watched the show liked it. This is a weird Google statistic. I found this show on Netflix, and I told Bryant to watch it, because when it popped up on my, you might like this show, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, you know what this looks like? This looks like Cutting Edge. <laughs> and that's what I thought it was. So I originally thought this show was going to be Cutting Edge, made into a TV show. And I freaking love Cutting Edge. So I was like, yes, please. And then I started watching it. And you know what? This show is not Cutting Edge, made into no. a TV show. No. Not one bit. <laughs> no. So the, the, what Google has on this show is that it's a figure skating Olympic hopeful struggles to find balanced love and fragile mental health as a dream of winning, winning takes a dizzying hold. So... Where do we start? Basically, this this what this show is about. I don't is, know, man. I don't it, know where to start on this show. I, I guess I'll I kind of we'll we'll just we'll start with start you. It. What this show is about is a family of figure skaters and a figure skating community that is ultra competitive. It's not a it's not one of those real it's not a reality show at all. It's a scripted series, and the real. The, the, the real heart of the show is about mental health and how these these people are are super driven to succeed but they have they have a hard time with what's the their, their manic depression they're bipolar and they're bipolar um, and you know it's it just from episode to episode it's just it, it's a bipolar show. It's one episode super super high, the next episode is super super low, and then you know it goes. It's like it, it kind of goes back and forth like that. But the characters themselves are super layered, and, yeah. And they none of them, not a single single character is perfect. No. In any sense of the word, and the show had a lot of heart. Like I, I as crazy as it got, you you still you still had had love for. All of the characters, with the, with the exception of the mother, who she you know she's bipolar, she's she's got her struggles, but she like she was my least favorite character. I think even towards the end though, you found yourself rooting for the mom a little bit. Like at the beginning, like all of the characters had. So at the beginning, you can't stand the mom at all. No. Like there, at the beginning of the show, there's not a redeeming quality in the mother. Yeah, her there's, mom is definitely the antagonist. The mom, like, so the mom, the older sister are bipolar. The younger sister's not, and the both the sisters are both the sisters are uh, figure skaters, and the mom is definitely the mom who lives her dream, her failed dreams through the kids type of things, and it's it's. Like Brian said, it's definitely the show that where they built it kind of like you're going through a manic depressive episode. Yeah. So you've got your highs and your lows. And it's just a really genuine take on a, someone living a bipolar life where you, you have someone who, you know, the older sister who takes the right medication regularly and is really good about it. And um, you have the mom who can't take her medication at all and you've got the sister who is just trying to walk on eggshells because she doesn't want to set her mom off you've got all of them trying to achieve this dream of becoming a figure skater in a town that seems to only care about figure skating <laughs> and nothing else 
And then you've got them all, like, working because they're a somewhat poor family. And then figure skating is incredibly expensive. And so you've got all these layers. And then you've got the rich kid in town who is just seems like a total playboy and doesn't give a shit about anything. And then as you get to know him more, you find out that his, like, mom died and his dad remarried someone young. And so you've got his struggles, too. And you've got the best friend who's also a figure skater who hurts herself and is you know just skating through the pain which is a terrible idea and then you've got the creepy doctor and you've got all these like multi-layer characters and you're rooting for some and you're hating some and it's really just incredibly well written and incredibly complicated and it doesn't do that normal like whoever wrote it most definitely has a if they're not themselves struggling with bipolar disorder they come from a family of someone who has bipolar disorder because they wrote it incredibly true to the disorder they they did so with an authority on it so either they know someone who has it or they talk to people who had it to do it well right what was really cool about it for for my perspective was that it never you know how when shows shows attempt to do this to ride ride the edge of a not a disability but like an ailment or mm-hmm. you know and that becomes the main storyline of the show yeah it it oftentimes will spin around into being like a preachy correct kind of kind of show and like there's there's just such a thick message that you're just like come on man like we get it kind of kind of vibe yeah that this show never took it was very straightforward this is this is how these characters lives are are lived and this is the this is how they all deal with it and how you know different characters deal with the other characters issues and it's like it's such a an interwoven web of storylines that it's like if I were trying to write this, it would be really hard for me to keep keep all the storylines right. straight and thread them all together. And to come to a come to an end, I don't know if there's going to be another season or if it's or if it's done or or whatever. It's, yeah, um, it, it's done. Yeah, it just got um like literally yesterday they announced that it got canceled. <laughs> well, I think it's a good thing. I don't think that this show would have carried another season they did the a, same way. They did a really good job of ending it, too, where if it got canceled, it would be okay. Yeah. They ended it on a way where it would have been cool if it got a second season, but they also ended it where if it got canceled, it didn't leave any cliffhangers where, like, you feel, like, a gut punch of, like, no, but I have to know what happened. Right. They ended it in, like, a, there are still questions, but there's no... You know what they did is they... No leftover resolution. Is, I know that I, er, earlier on, I I said that I I didn't really get that into The Sopranos, but the last season, it was such a big deal, I got in, I, you know, I watched it, right? And the final episode has a very Sopranos like Tony Soprano final episode feel to it, the way that it ends. And it's 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 enough to where you're like, well what the, what what like what what happens? What what happens next? Like what's you know, and want and starts your mind churning on what could possibly It gives be going it on. definitely gives a write your own ending feel, but I because I, I didn't I give it more of like a burn notice ending. 
you know, I've mentioned before that I was heavily obsessed with Burn Notice. Yeah. And the way that Burn Notice ended, it, it left a very much like, you can say that this ended in a good way or a bad way, but you can just say that there was resolution for the characters and this did the same thing. There's resolution for the characters. But it, it's a very good show. It kind of, in the same way that Netflix did with Atypical, which I watched the first season of Atypical and I keep saying, and I think I watched the second season too, and I really liked that show, and it's something that I'm always like, I'm going to go back and finish that, and then I just haven't. A- Atypical did a very good job, in my opinion, of... It's about a kid with autism. They did a very good job, in my opinion, of categorizing that well. Like, showing that well, like a real struggle of that. Mm-hmm. And I think this did it, too, of showing someone with, you know, a struggle of mental illness. And, like, the one thing, too, that I liked about this is that the mom is so... You know, the mom keeps telling her to make sure that she doesn't tell anybody that she's bipolar. She can't tell any of her friends. She can't tell anyone at the at the the rink. She can't tell any of her coaches. She can't tell anybody. You know, when she's hospitalized because she went off her meds, she has to tell everyone she has pneumonia. She can't tell even her skating coach or her skating partner. You know, it's you have pneumonia. You you can't compete because you have pneumonia, and that's such a, a reality thing and luckily it's one of the things that everyone's getting better about because there's there is a goal to end stigma about mental health that it's just like no if everyone is quiet about it that makes it worse for everybody you you can't always hide it that just makes the burden harder right and that was something that was really well done too but the show is really good um it's kind of disappointing that it got canceled but at the same time it's kind of good because like you said going into a second season there's always when a show's done this well it does leave it to well shit they're gonna fuck it up yeah it's like <laughs> it's like a sequel in a movie series but the you know this is definitely something that that i encourage everybody to watch and the thing for me about it was that it gave me a lot of perspective on on that struggle with that particular part of mental health because I'm not necessarily bipolar in in that sense. Right. But it really the show really made me feel like I was. Yeah. It really it really had that over those two days that I was binging. It was my like. It plays with your emotions. Yeah, my emotions were played to the same extreme. So if you're you know if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, you might not want to binge this. You might want to spread it out a little bit so that you're not miserable or extremely happy over a two-day period. But writing, do, watching it like that, too, I think impacted how, how the, the story affected me, too, because it was so condensed into one kind of session. Yeah. That it, by the time I was done with it, it was, whoa. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, there's a part where the, where the sister who's bipolar goes off her meds, and that's right around the part where I took a break. Because <laughs> it was a lot or it's like and, and they switched right because the mom who's generally off her meds went on her meds and was getting really good about taking her meds and then the sister who's always on her meds went off of her meds and that was right around the time where I was binging and I went Man, I need to take a break from the show because yeah. it was getting a little bit too much for me I need to step away and at the same exact time my job was getting really crazy so it was like okay this is all just a little bit too much at one time and then Brian's like did you finish the show and I'm like now, <laughs> I'm going to go watch, like, three episodes of Dateline and get all my chi back in order. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was intense, definitely intense. But one of my but it was a really good show. It was. I think it was my. This was the highlight of the first three months of the year for watching TV for me because it was it was that intense. So I definitely encourage all of you to check it out. It was definitely like. It was definitely a show that I went into expecting, like I said, I expected cutting edge. So I expected very little from this show. <laughs> and I definitely came out of it going, whoa. And I, I have recommended it to plenty of people. Yeah. So we are both recommending this show highly. Uh, it is definitely something you should watch. Binge it or watch a couple episodes and take a break. <laughs> watch a couple of the... Definitely watch it by mood. Um, it is definitely not something you can watch and passively watch. It's it's not like a reality show where you can kind of watch it in the background. It is something that is will require your full attention because, one, it's that good that you will want to pay full attention to, but also there's a lot of complexity in this show. Uh, there's a lot of finite detail, but also just like the figure skating scenes are so good. Oh my god, Johnny They're Weir. So that's, that's another thing. Beautiful. That, oh, Johnny Weir's in it. Johnny yeah. Weir is is one of the characters in this in this show, and I think that he also did the choreography for the skating. He did. I'm fairly certain. The skating is it's gorgeous. It's it's like the the long um, skating montages of of them going through their routines and and you know the different. In internal dynamics of mm-hmm. how they feel in the middle of their routines, and and which is so hard to capture as a cinema that like cinematography wise, that yeah. there's a there's a certain formula for it with all the different sports movies that have been made, right? The Ron Howard movies of Coach Carter and the basketball movies and football movies and whatever. This is unlike some you know it, it was it was really interesting watching. It them kind of float the storyline into their their routines, and the way that it was shot was tremendous. It's beautiful. It's also hilarious because they did like screw up a couple times, where like they zoomed in at the wrong points. Yeah, you could tell that it was a stunt double. Yeah, absolutely. But it it was they. I mean, they, they could, that that part of the show was really pleasing. Yeah, it's beautiful and. Just the acting overall was really good. And sometimes with these shows that have, like, ballet dancers or figure skaters or even, you know, we're big snowboarding fan movies, snowboarding movie fans, but, like, sometimes they kind of screw up because they'll play the game of, like, is it better to get figure skaters or actors? And so they'll kind of switch up and get either, like, you know, figure skaters that can't really act or vice versa and, you know, get left with, like, half and half and the product's not really good because of that they did both really well where they got really good figure skaters to make the figure skating scenes really good and then they got really good actors to make the acting scenes really good and then they had really good writers too so all of it just kind of was it, it it was overall amazing across the board and yeah i really liked this show i did too I'm kind I, I of bummed that it's canceled. I could totally keep going about it. Um, and the, and like I said, the scenery too was so pretty. My favorite, my favorite scene in in this now I guess we can call it series yeah. um, is the is the scene where they're practicing their routine on the on the pond that he 
that he would go to to skate. Yeah. That was that was a beautiful scene, like visually and and choreography wise and the music and the lighting. Everything was great. It was and you know it helps that we that we invested in a really nice TV since we do this. You know, True. As as a hobby, um, and it's a it, it just it's a gorgeous show. Cool to watch. The storyline is super intense. I, I could keep I, I could keep going, but I'm trying to figure out where it was filmed. I feel like it, it was filmed in like Minnesota or Colorado, Aspen maybe. That's the the town had a very Aspen feel to it. Mm, let's see. Um, they shot at a real resort in Canada. Blue Mountain Resort, a winter resort in Ontario. Cool. It looked like a dope place to go ski. Yeah. Because even this, like the shots of, you know, just the general mountain overview shots, and that one character that was a snowboarder. Yeah. Um, it was, it was interesting. I target. Hey. Sorry. Anyway. Is there anything else that you want to recommend? that I want to recommend. We've, um, we've been talking all about everything. That's that's pretty much what I've been watching. I don't really have a lot of time outside of, you know, the things that I do daily to explore for, for TV. So I appreciate this because it kind of cuts my need to search. Um, but that's the, I'm, this is pretty much what I've been what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of YouTube stuff, to be honest with you. There's there's some quality content on there that I I follow on the daily, but isn't necessarily something that I would um, I would think that the people that listen to art to this or, you know, the person that listens to this Your mom. Uh, your mom would find them very interesting. So, you know, content is a plenty. It, you can find it anywhere, and it's just about finding what you like and, and enjoy it. I don't know. Uh, 90 Day Fiance is back. There's some winners on that. Am I going to get sucked into that again? Because I'm, I'm, I'm 90 out. I don't know. Um, these people are all kind of weird. Yeah, I can't. I just, I don't think I can do it again. It's just, that's another stupid, that's another... I think that's one that's just gotten too... It's too much. 90 Day, 90 day Fiancé before the 90 days, after the 90 days. Between that and Love After Lockup and... You don't even watch Love After Lockup, so don't I, even... I just... I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm out. I'm tapping. Um, Stumptown. Everybody should watch Stumptown. So Stumptown was good. So it doesn't get canceled. I fucking love Stumptown. Stumptown really needs to not get canceled. I really, really love Stumptown. Uh, beyond that, yeah, just watch Stumptown so it doesn't get canceled, please. That would be super. And then, uh, we'll see. We'll see what else we got going on. Why is Pikachu on the cover of Netflix? Oh, because there's a new Pikachu movie. Um, but until then, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Okay, bye-bye.